Hello and welcome to The Garden Pod. Today we are very lucky to have a slam poet from Australia with us. Would you mind introducing yourself? My name is Luca Lesson. I am a full-time poet, slam poet from Australia and it's my pleasure to be here. It really is and I have to say it's quite unusual to have a full-time poet. How did you get into poetry? I fell in love with hip-hop first, rap music, and I started rapping at a pretty young age. And from there, I discovered slam poetry online, on YouTube, through Def Jam Poetry, which was a TV show from the States that basically just had poets on it, and it's all over YouTube now. And from there, I started writing raps without the music, and eventually I pushed myself into the realm of not rhyming and writing prose poetry and all sorts of other slam poetry type stuff. Okay. What what encouraged you to push away from hip-hop and the non-rhyming? I wanted to challenge myself. So rhyming was kind of easier to me than non-rhyming because that's what I was focused on for many years. And so, yeah, I just want to... I continuously want to write about different things, different subject matter, personal, political, uh, love poetry, all sorts of things, and in all sorts of different styles, just to become a more well-rounded writer. And obviously, um, you are a professional poet, so that means a lot of your work is uh, professionally uh, subject. But you've also been doing a lot with schools. What, how did you get into the schools part of things? Yeah, it happened almost simultaneously with the writing. So when I was writing some early hip-hop stuff, I had a friend who's an art therapist at a school for recent migrant and refugee children in Brisbane. And she invited me along to do a series of hip-hop workshops. So in 2006, I did my first set of workshops with some young people from Burundi. Mm. And since then, I've been teaching in some capacity every year. And it's only been the last six years that I've like fully um, gone full-time. So I do an international school stint at least once a year. And I travel to Sydney, Melbourne, uh, Adelaide and, you know, other centers in Australia teaching. Excellent. Um, We've heard a lot. We've been doing a lot of work on data and uh, students' lives and things and something called the PASS survey, which you probably heard nothing about. But one of the things that was interesting is that the company that does this says that actually a lot of the issues that face children are universal. Would you say that's true? Uh, In terms of the issues that I've seen children face around the world? In many ways, yes. In many ways, yes. I think that most of the world is approaching an era of young people who are growing up in a very individualistic society and we are learning more and more about how that affects mental health and personal um, issues. And yeah, I see a lot of young people in very privileged schools facing things such as self-harm, suicide, um, depression, being medicated heavily medicated at a young age feeling disconnected uh, feeling that even though there is a community at the school that they also have a culture of striving so hard to be perfect that they can't talk about their issues Uh, they can't share their poems openly because they're scared about talking about issues yes and being judged or being bullied or all these types of things so in general i guess if we're talking about those of us who are privileged enough to be at schools such as this yes. one, the issues are similar. Having said that, though, I've been to, I've taught in Soweto in South Africa. Sure. And the issues there are, uh, yes, yeah, so I've taught in schools in Soweto in South Africa, and they have a whole different range of issues. Um, okay. Obviously, 
there are issues of uh, poverty, of food, of education, of um, connection with the outer world, sure. fe feeling undervalued yes. internationally. Um, lots of different issues have been have arisen from different um, demographics, different sure. places, different um, socioeconomic situations. But yes, in general, we can see that families are breaking up more mm. often than ever. Um, we are getting addicted to social media. Sure. Uh, that addiction also has an incredible effect on our um, self-confidence, yes. on young people's ability to interact one-on-one um, -on -one as yes. compared to through a screen, um, which affects communication, which sure. affects all sorts of things that happen. And, sure. and, and how do you feel um, your role in these workshops helps students and, and pupils to, to express themselves? Yeah, I see many, many ways that it helps. Uh, and I try not to allocate one uh, intention to my workshops. I try to yes. make them broad enough for any child or any young person to be able to connect with the subject yes. matter and have their own character and truth come through. Sure. So that means that some kids will end up talking about death or some yes. people talking about addiction or some yes. young people will talk about um, joy and happiness yes. and whatever. And so I like to facilitate my workshops in a way where all of these things can be approached and looked at um, at the same time. Yes. And that we don't, I don't preempt or box young people sure. in and say, all right, we're going to do a workshop about depression. Everyone mm -hmm. talk to me about how depressed you are because not all young people are depressed. That's true. And not all young people know that they're depressed. Yeah. So, and do you think the actual act of writing helps? Yeah, the act of writing is huge. The act of expressing is natural and essential, I believe, mm. to good mental health and yes. social skills. Uh, being honest and vulnerable with ourselves um, is something that builds confidence, builds sure. self-knowledge. Knowledge, knowledge yeah. of self is such an important foundation for us to then build into confidence and yes. leading uh, up along a path that we believe in is okay. our own rather than copying the people around us. So anything that builds more self-knowledge and, and builds a sense of community between the students, I believe, is a really powerful um, tool. I mean, does the format matter, whether it's hip-hop, poetry, does it actually matter what the format is that it comes out in? Not necessarily, not necessarily. I just think that hip-hop, rapping is a, is a separate set of skills, and rhyming is a separate set of skills, okay. and that can't, that's not always the easiest thing to um, grab and, and to be, yeah. that be tangible for young people. Uh, but all kinds of expression and writing and honesty it's, it's an ancient art form like to me I see yeah. it as connecting to you know the old poets and bards the Homeridae that performed the Odyssey and Iliad sure. you know yeah, for they go hours back. at a time we've had the spoken word much longer than we've had the written word and, and you talk about a Greek connection do, do you feel that comes out now in your workshops? yeah it's a big part of what I do the mythology workshop is probably one of my favourites mm -hmm. um I'm working at the moment on a retelling of the Odyssey. Oh, right, in yes. Hip-hop and spoken word yes. poetry. And so it's been a long journey of research and mm -hmm. connecting with my ancestry and family ties and the land itself yes. and, and ancient language and the text of the Odyssey. Mm -hmm. 
it's been a long journey so it's definitely inherent in everything that I do and are you planning to make that into an audio book or, or something yeah an audio book an album it's yes. performed with a, a small ensemble of musicians okay. and a choir so and it will be an album and it will be a live show okay and are you planning to do that in English yes it's okay. the majority in English uh, with excerpts from the original Odyssey in Homeric Greek okay. that I've memorized yeah but it doesn't affect the narrative, so anyone, it's for English speakers. Basically. Okay, okay. And, okay, so we're coming towards the end of this podcast now. If you can give one message to young people, what would it be? Wow. I know, it's a tough one, but <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? What would you share with the, the, the garden people that you've picked up from being yeah. with them today? Look, be passionate. Mm -hmm. And if you can't be passionate about something, it's probably not the thing you're meant to be doing. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you have to force yourself into loving something, yeah. then it's probably not going to be sustainable. Right. And for me, when it comes to writing, if you're passionate about a subject, then yes. you will love to research. Yes. You will love to write it. You will love to edit it. You will love to memorize it. You will mm -hmm. love to perform it. And if you're passionate on stage, the crowd is passionate with you. If yes. you're bored or you don't like a subject, but you think you should do it because that's what the adults around you expect. Mm -hmm then it will be frustrating to research, annoying to write, uh, very hard to memorize. And when you're on stage, you'll be pretty bored. And if you're bored, the audience is bored. Mm. So for me, the, the oil in the engine is always the passion around a subject. Sure, that yeah. Longer. I mean, and there may be subjects you have to do for a short term. Of course. But then uh, after that, you can, uh, you know, move into what you're truly passionate about. Of course, about. or within each of those subjects that you may not love, there's something in there that you can try and relate enjoy to enjoy and relate to and when it comes to choosing your own path for yourself choose something that that you feel passionate about i believe it will make every other day of your life much easier if you yes enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to be stuck forever in a subject yeah. thank you so much for thank your time you. it's really appreciated and uh, we'll try Pleasure. and put this podcast out when we can awesome thank you thank you